Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Greenwald. So uh, this week, we are coming off of a weekend of racing. We got a little bit more racing next week. Uh, we're going to talk some HRV, heart rate variability, and a uh, little update on the uh, in, in, in the running area. That's right. Yeah, we're mixing it up a little bit this week. Yeah. We're going to talk about what happened, what's coming up, and then a little bit of uh, random topics there. But Ryan, we just had a fun weekend of cyclocross racing. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, we were just discussing this. Uh, the race was at Trek in Waterloo. Yeah. Um, I very much disliked the course. Uh, Rick very much enjoyed the course. This was on the Trek World Cup course. Yeah. So I it would... wasn't exactly like... I think it was exactly. Oh, it was. Okay. So it was, it was pretty much exactly what the actual World Cup course was, minus and maybe plus a couple different sections of the course, but... Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, say what you want. It was a, it was a professional World Cup level course. Yeah, it was very similar if it wasn't exact, maybe 90% the same. Correct. I would so, say the biggest difference with the course this time around was it's basically just as beaten as it was from the cyclocross race and no course maintenance. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say was if you watched any of the World Cup race you would have noticed how muddy it was well all that mud just hardened completely dry this weekend but all the ruts remained so it was just ridiculously rough it kind of reminded me so i i used to race motorcycles a long time ago and when the courses would get really hard they would be kind of wet in the morning and then the ruts would form and they would be rock solid so it was like riding rock solid ruts on most of the corners especially the descents for sure with a lot of bumpy exits to the corners because just normal braking bumps that would form at the corners but i thought it was really cool just because it kind of gave you a different look at a world cup cyclocross course me personally i liked it very much because i felt like i could really ride those ruts super well um i think i can handle cyclocross bike pretty darn well because that's where I made up most of my positions this weekend which is kind of you know like catching people on the downhills taking the corners super hot and then just working my way through the field yeah that course definitely suited you more than other people yeah I don't think I'm gonna get that much luck on the next coming there the next couple races that we do since they're gonna be kind of more traditional local cyclocross races in a park where the technical features are more so just gonna be like you know, normal corners and, and just kind of like standard, you know, standard stuff you'd find at your local cross race. Yeah. Uh, this, well, uh, before we talk about this upcoming race weekend, how did, uh, how did you do? Uh, yeah, at, pretty, at the race. pretty, I'm you pretty did happy surprisingly with... well. I did what do you not mean expect surprisingly that. Well? <laughs> I, I did not expect you to finish right by me. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> so I, okay. So we both, you, did you pre-register? No, we both registered the day of. Somehow I got. The I registered before you. You did. Somehow I got the second to last call up, and you got the last row call up. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, uh, but yeah. So I had a slightly better starting position. I did the Cat Three race, so I signed up for the Cat Three race and the single speed race. Maybe that's how you got um, called before me because you registered for two races. Probably. So I I got I did the Cat Three race and I was signed up for the single speed race. And with the race, or the Cat 3 race, I had my single speed bike, so, which surprisingly didn't seem to really hinder me much. I thought my gearing just happened to work really well for the race. Um, but yeah, so off the line, 
I tried to keep it. I pretty much have not raced in the last, you know, couple months. Like I haven't done a cross race aside from like one or two cross practices and then riding with you. So I thought I'm not going to go super hard out of the gate. I'm just going to like really let people like drill it in the first part and then kind of make my way through the field. And that's kind of exactly what I did. I just picked people off the entire race. I was moving forward instead of, you know, getting past, which is a good feeling, right? When you catch somebody and you can kind of tell that they're gassed, it's so much easier when you have a little bit in the tank rather than like you put a big effort to get into that position and you're just kind of dying the entire race. Real quick, I apologize for the background noise. Those are two kitties playing in a box. Ryan has two cats now. So yeah, apologies to our listeners if you hear the occasional thud. We are uh, we are just hanging out with some cats. Um, <laughs> yep, there it is right there. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that's kind of like my favorite way to race a cyclocross race. I I knew that I wasn't going to do super well in this race, so I, I thought, I kind of gave up the thought of, you know, going super hard at the start of the race. I think if you think you can win the race, um, or if there's like a early feature that really kind of defines like getting into a good position, like maybe a, a kind of a feature that bottlenecks in the course, I think that it's super important then to like go hard and kind of get a good position because you're almost like locked into that position on the course. But, you know, for me, like with this trek course, it was pretty wide open. Um, so I could kind of like chill, clip in on the back row, you know, like obviously stay with the field when they got off the line. And then once things started to kind of get windy, twisty and technical, I could kind of pick my way through the field without worrying about being like too off the back, if that makes sense. So Ryan, what was your strategy going into this race? Oh, uh, I guess I guess I should say. Um, so I ended up finishing twentieth out of a field of I think there was sixty two. I read yeah. online in our field, which was like I was pretty surprised about. Yeah, I was like I did not expect to do that well in a cyclocross race and a cat three race on a single speed without racing much at all. So yeah, I uh, I took seventeenth, so just slightly before you. That's right. And um, our and our buddy Nathan, who we didn't know was going to be there. Took 18th. Took 18th, right? So we we actually went and, down to a sprint. Oh, Nathan passed me on the last lap too. I, like on the on the very last lap, I could see him. I don't know why how he started so far back. He, he was didn't on a reg either. He was on a well, no, but he was on a mountain bike, which and suited I, that course super well. It did full suspension actually, and he so like I passed him really early on in the race, and then I didn't end up seeing him until the last lap. So I kind of wonder how he got buried so far back but anyways he on the last lap he passed me and then he got really pretty close to you you guys kind of oh, we like were a neck and neck finish. yeah uh, oh, sorry um yeah we were neck and neck i could tell he was really hurting because oh, yeah. he put an effort to get in de- to get up to you yeah so anything uphill i thought he was about to pass me and then i was in my head i'm like i'll bury myself and just take him in the sprint yeah um but uh so when we were going over the overpass yeah near the end of the lap uh we went up that and we were actually like next neck and neck and that's when he like hit a wall i think yeah he stayed behind me um and then we went into the final straight and i just kind of kicked it up to like one extra gear just to see where he's at Mm -hmm. and that was when he was just like nope also he was sprinting on a full suspension mountain bike too so you he probably you probably could have beat him if you were just completely exhausted as long as you could actually get out of the saddle yeah and i mean just from crit racing my my sprint at the end of the race i know is i'm pretty confident pretty pretty good sprint yeah Yeah. for sure and i'm sure nate has not worked on a sprint (laughs) at all no right mostly just a mountain biker yeah um but yeah so I guess that's kind of how the race went for me overall. Like I just, like I said, I had started I have a question off. for you. Go about, ahead. Yeah. Um, 
So a few spots. So yeah. the first spot um, was in the back. It was kind of in the back corner. Yep. So you you went, um, there was like a, a rock wall kind of thing that you can just hop over. You took that uh, right. sharp right and then that downhill mm-hmm. and then that uphill. Yeah. Were you riding that uphill or Ran walking? the entire thing. You ran it? Yeah. I That's had, what sing- I was I had doing a single too. speed. So also too, I noticed, I think people get it in their head that like it's always better to ride a feature but so many people tried to ride it. Okay, first of all, it was basically single file. Yeah. So in my head, I, I thought all, I, I got off my bike, and instead of um, shouldering it, I just kind of ran with it on the side. That's so what I did. It completely blocked the lane. Nobody could really get by me, which it's like, you know, it's single file. And it was also, I think, faster. You know, some people behind me were riding it, but they were so exhausted by the time they got to the top of the hill that I could just kind of pitter-patter up to the very crest, get back on my bike, and I was, like, ready to go. I wasn't too exhausted from the effort. I was going to say, because uh, when I pre-rode it, I, w- I did ride up it. Yeah. And it was fine. Right. Uh, the first lap, I knew I wasn't going to be able to ride it. But then on, like, the second and third lap, there were people riding it and people running it. Mm-hmm. And so I actually got my off my bike and actually made it up faster running it than people did trying yeah. to ride it. It also got really loamy and chunky, the dirt quality. Yeah. So I saw a lot of people, like, their back wheels were slipping. And if the conditions were better, it was probably mm-hmm. faster to ride it. But towards the end of the day, towards the end of the race, I mean, what you got? I think that's super important when you're racing cyclocross is just to be, like, cognizant of as conditions change, different lines will be faster. So what about at the end of the race where there was that, those switchbacks? Yeah, yeah. How are you taking those switchbacks? Because I saw people doing different things. Did you kick out wide and kind of turn so you could take the, the downhill part re- like per- straight? I tried. Or were you kind of cutting it uh, tight and kind mm-hmm. of sliding your back wheel at the big, at like tight inside? So I, I saw both ways being done. I kick, I did, I think the faster line was going super tight you weren't going to make up a ton of speed and you had to dismount anyways. Well, some people rode that hill. I never which which hill? The it was kind of like you went down all the way and then you had to go back up that hill, right? Um which one is this? Right by the finish. Right by the finish? The big like uphill. Yeah, I never the... I never got off my bike there. Oh, you rode that hill? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I had to get off my bike. Oh, so okay. being cuz I was on a single speed yeah, I, I on that downhill. Yeah. I shot down into my uh smallest ring and you could and ride I was, it. I could ride yeah, it. Yeah, I lost a bunch of time there cuz I I had to run that. So mm-hmm. I took the inside, the hotline, and then cuz I had to get off my bike, I just would unclip on the down part and then run up the very inside of the next hill cuz there's kind of like almost steps. And that was for me the fastest line. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, if you, I mean, I would say probably going wide would be faster for most people if they could ride it because you can carry all that speed through and just like shoot straight up. And that, yeah, and that's kind of what I was doing. Um, I saw a guy who kept cutting me off. He he found the worst spots to try and pass Strategy. me because, well, he didn't have like the technical skills, but he yeah. had the physical skill. So he would only, so I would take good lines, yeah. but he would try to pass me by taking bad lines. Mm-hmm. And so he would slow both of us down, and I would right. just, like, pass him, like, in the next corner because he would take it slow. But then, it, like, he continued to pass me when, like, in, the, in, like, those spots where I'm, like, what are you doing? Like, in those right. downhill, like, in those downhill um, switchbacks, mm-hmm. he would try passing me there by literally just cutting me off. And, and, like, literally at, like, right when I'm turning in, he'd cut it really tight and just cut me off. That's kind of a strategy, too, especially with a course, like, this one this past weekend it was very one-lined i think in most places where like there was an obvious fastest line and a lot of the times you can pass people by just 
taking the line that blocks the other line and it makes the person behind you slow down. It's yeah. like once once your wheel is in front of somebody else's wheel, you control that line. Yeah. So, and it's cyclocross. Nobody should be banging into you. Mm-hmm. Like if they are, they're an idiot. It's not that important. So yeah. Some people really don't want you to pass them. No. When it's clear that you're going to pass them. On, on the last lap, some guy, like he, we were just, it was the second to last corner and we were banging bars around the corner and he just went straight into me. Like he didn't even try to like, you know, I'm all for banging bars. Like it happens, but he just like, like hooked left and just, and it was a right corner and just bam, like I was off my bike and I was like, Shit. some people just take it way too serious. Wow. This is a cat three race. If I, I don't know see, what like, I wouldn't, doing. I wouldn't like veer into someone, but I would kind of push them out so oh, they yeah. have to hit their brakes. That's totally fine. Right. And, and I mean, you know, you should probably rub close to somebody to let them know you're there too. Like it's kind of an awareness thing. So they don't, if you come flying past them in a line that's super tight, could be more dangerous than kind of just getting pretty close to somebody and trying to sneak by him if that yeah. makes sense yeah and also too i think there's like uh, an aspect of kind of the other person knowing you're gonna try and make this pass oh yeah absolutely like yeah. kind of make your dominance known that you're you're taking this angle right so i mean at least you give them the idea that you're you're gonna either break or you're gonna go into the the barrier yeah rather right. than being unpredictable and veering into them while they're about to turn i yeah. think that's where it gets really dicey it's, it's a traditional block pass right yeah it's like you're not you're you're not like hitting somebody you're not really making physical contact. not making physical contact but, but it's you're like taking you're gonna the line away the, yeah you're, you're taking you're the taking line the line away, away. i yeah. think that's the way to do it yeah and there's and that person i mean they by all means can ram straight into you it's not going to be a good situation for either of the two parties but well i think in that situation it's either you're going to go into if you're either going to break you're going to go into my hip yeah or you're going to go into the barrier right the hip's going to win over the front wheel the, like yeah. that's always what's going to happen yeah, yeah yeah so that was kind of a lot about about my race but like how did the race go for you ryan uh it's pretty decent so at the very beginning of the race i was like i'm gonna shoot up the inside yeah, you kind of had an opposite strategy for yeah me. yeah i'm gonna shoot up the inside well pretty much any side i'm just gonna look for a hole i'm gonna you know, use my elbows to get through. Mm-hmm. And in the first lap, I'm just going to pass as many people as possible. Yeah. Uh, it went pretty well. Uh, yeah. I, I was pretty confident with it. Did you feel like you burnt a lot of matches? Like not going really. that hard early on? To be honest, not really, because it always slows down pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, I started to really hit a wall with like, with three laps to go, I could really feel it. Two laps to go, I hit a wall. Yeah. That's where I was really hurting. Mm-hmm. And, um, the last lap was just kind of like a death I, march. Yeah, because you guys were like gaining we were on, on me. You, yeah. and, and I was like, shit, and shit, I, and shit. I, I paced, I knew because I, I didn't see you prefer probably the first two laps. And then on the last three, I could see you on the turnarounds of corners. And I paced, re- I paced really well, which to be honest, that was a very fun cyclocross race because I, I didn't feel like I was dying the entire race. But every time I could I could see you, I'd get a little bit closer, and I was like, "Oh, I'm like running this kind of negative split right now, so I'm gonna get closer and closer and closer." And I knew you were doing the opposite, right? Because you went pretty hard in the beginning. Well, that but, was kind of one thing was like because of the, how the course was, uh-huh. I didn't I wasn't really confident with. There was only a few sections where I was in my head. I was like, "Okay, I can gain time here." Yeah. But so I didn't really feel like um, I had any space to gain time or just keep it kind of. Um, take back time that I had lost maybe Mm. in like those really rough sections where I knew I was losing significant amount of time Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like there was any space for me to gain that time back where in like other courses I feel like I could 
um, I could have gained time back, but in that course especially, I wasn't confident with any any certain spot of that course where I was really gaining time. Yeah, and it was it was such a twisty. I think the only reason that I finished so close to you is because it was so twisty and turny. And I think that punchy. course suited you really oh, well. Oh, yeah, because there was nowhere. There was very few, like, wide-open stretches where you could mm-hmm. just put power down and, like, extend your gap. There was maybe maybe two, two or three, yeah. like, solid straightaways. And for me, I mean, I was, I was on a single speed, so I really couldn't push that hard on mm-hmm. those those portions anyways. I was just punching and ripping, like, turned super, super hard. I made up all my spaces just, like, reeling people in on downhills and, like, corners um, riding the ruts super effectively. So I was just having a blast racing that course. Um, so yeah, I was, I guess that was my whole game plan going into it. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I'm pretty happy with how I finished too. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, 17th out of like 62 when I finished started at the very back. Yeah. And there's a lot of cat, mostly cat threes in there too. I looked at the, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was going to, cause I did 20. Nate took I, first place in cat four. He did. Yeah. yeah. First place cat four. Impressive. Yeah, so everyone above me was Cat 3, so that's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that was a fun fun day of racing. Uh, it's always fun to like go to a pretty cool venue. Let's talk hand-ups really quick. Uh, I got a $2 bill. I got a $2 bill. I got a donut. I did not take a donut. And I took a s'more. I was offered a beer, but it was Ooh, at the top man. of a hill. Oh, yeah. So, oh, gonna... You did. Uh, someone almost slipped out on that donut you threw behind, threw behind you. Oh, that was a s'more. Um, oh, I did. No. I, I took a, I took a large bite of a s'more. Oh, were you talking about the donut coming up the hill or the s'more going over the flyover? Uh, I think over the flyover. So I was given a s'more. Oh, right I thought be- that was a donut. No, it was a s'more, which is actually more slippery. And right before the flyover, and I was eating it going up the flyover, and I thought to myself, I don't know what to do with this, because it was really sticky. So I just kind of threw it straight up in the air, and then I thought about it, and I put it right at the top of the flyover. Probably not the best position for that s'more, they but... got it out of the way. Yeah, somebody got it out of the way. So I think it was the Palomino... I probably would have kept it in my mouth, at least until the other side. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was I, I was just tired. I was delirious, you know? I was like, what do I do with... <laughs> no, what... not at the top. It was in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What what do I do with this? Uh, but I think that was the voice from the Palomino cyclocross. That would be like a Mario Kart and a banana thing going exactly. on. Exactly. Oh, that'd be fun. Put like banana peels in your back pocket and shells and stuff and just throw them at people. Full Mario Kart. Not a good idea. Speaking of throwing stuff at people, uh, in this next upcoming bike r- or cyclocross race, the... Um, the barriers that you run over, uh-huh. little kids sit there with um, like balls from a ball pit yeah. and throw them at you. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited for which that. Is, which is a good uh, transition to our next topic that's this week's bike race, which I'm yes. going to say too, I think it's in between um, what we're both good at from what I can remember. Oh, okay. There's um, very large sections of open area, hmm. okay. but there's also a lot of really tight technical areas. Nice. Also, there's a part that's like, there are two barriers, but um, they're probably about as wide as this laptop, so about, you know, a foot, a foot and a half. Foot and a half yeah, yeah, like just over, yeah, probably a foot and a half. And, but they're lower, mm. so you have to hop over them. Interesting. On your bike still. Okay. Uh, and then there's large steps, because it goes into a... Uh, a car racing ta- track a dirt track oh yeah and they have yeah. like these weird sitting things that they're just large the part of the stands are just large stairs where people sit nice. you have to run up those okay so so are there any fast or well 
Are there any big elevation changes like no. uphills, downhills? No, oh, they took see. out the only elevation change. Mm. I wonder. Well, I shouldn't say that. So part of the race, it's kind of like a bowl, like yeah. a half pipe. Okay. And you go back and forth, like across the half pipe. And then, um, besides that, though, it's there's not really any significant hills. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Thinking about that, but I, there's a lot of flat my, sections. Yeah, because depending on my gearing, we'll see how, how my bike either might be great for the day tomorrow or the day this weekend, or yeah, not, not so good. But I'm pretty excited for it, regardless. Yeah, it's definitely a well, it's a race I've never done. I've done the other race in Sun Prairie, and who puts this race on? Do you know? Um, I should know this. I think I want to say. Brazen no, does the other not one. Brazen. Yeah. Um, it is, what is the other? Oh, I should know Different this. Madison team? Different Madison team. It's not, not Neff. No, not Neff, because uh, Neff did Badger Prairie. Motorless Motion? It might be. Or, I don't know. It's one of the Madison teams that's yeah. putting on the race. It might be Motorless Motion. Okay. Or, L, what is it, L6? L5. L5? Okay. I think L5. All right, we're not sure about that, but it's one of those teams. Um, but, yeah. Looking forward to doing that race. It'll be, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'm definitely like in the mood now for cyclocross after that race. Cyclocross races are fun. They're a good time. They're so different from road racing. I like so. that how short they are. It is short. Yep. Yeah, it's forty minutes. You know, forty five like minutes. Yeah, forty five. Yeah, I mean, it's just like quick one and done. And I always tell people, like especially like people who don't know what cyclocross is, I just tell them it's an obstacle course on a bike. Yeah, it's like a tough motor, but for bikes. That's it's kind of yeah, it's literally what it is. Yeah, hopefully it's not too muddy. I haven't looked at the weather. It's supposed I, to be really nice. Thank God, it yeah. was beautiful for this past race. We are big, big fans. It's supposed to be sunny dry, until Sunday. Dry cross races. We've dry talked about cross- it. Before, on the on the podcast it's supposed to be like 55 i swear to god if somebody sunny. goes out there with a hose and like makes muddy sections i'm gonna be there, livid no that could happen oh god i hate when that i hate when that happens so much but hopefully not the case um all right well that's kind of all of our cyclocross stuff that we had going on that we have coming up but ryan you had mentioned a topic that you kind of wanted to talk about yeah um because i've been running a lot uh that's right and i want to keep okay Anna's giving me a look. I haven't been running a lot. I've been running. Running a lot is more than you had been running. Yeah. So you it's a lot more than I have been Once running. A Once a week I run. That's Maybe. a lot more than zero. Yeah. Uh, it's something I want to start doing more of. I've also so, been running once a week too. Um, for <laughs> Sorry, just uh, to throw that as, a, as a gift to myself for my birthday, oh, I went to Fleet Feet and treat yourself. got and treated myself to a quality pair of running shoes. Nice. Uh, I figured, you know, I want to start building up, you know, running. So I want to get some shoes that I won't hurt myself with. Also, if you aren't already doing it, it can be very beneficial for cyclocross as well, too. Yeah. It makes a huge difference on courses where there's a lot of running. Some people say, I oh, hardly run, though. Why do you need to go run? Conditioning those muscles is pretty good for anything that requires getting off and, you know, running with your bike, for sure. Um, so, yeah, good on you, Ryan. Doing a little bit of running. It is the off-season. We've said that before. It's the fun season. Yeah. So, trying new things, right? So, if anyone's interested, I got... Uh, I got... Yeah, Brooks. Got some Brooks running shoes. I got Brooks Ghost 1.2s. I've seen them. Curex um, Run Pro Dynamic Insoles. Nice. Altogether, they did cost $190. But, but, I mean, compared to how much biking costs, it's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, that's like a a crappy pair of cycling shoes. Yeah. And, you know, it's crazy to think about. The the shoes were $130. The um, insoles were $50. So I'll probably bring my insoles over to my next pair of shoes as well. Uh, But the reason why I did, I thought it was okay to make the investment was first off, I wanted um, shoes that were like perfect for my feet yeah 
because you can have a lot of issues when you do run. So I think it is worth it to spend a little bit extra money in order to get shoes that you will be safe running in. Word. Because you do not want to mess up your shins, your knees, or your hips. For sure. Or actually, in my my case, I was like, I could really feel something going on in my groin. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, I would get get a lot of pain in my groin and then also my outer hip because I found out that when I run, um, my, I kind of land at an angle. Okay. I land on the inside of my foot. Yeah. So that was causing issues with like my groin and my running hip. running is uh it's it's definitely a cheaper sport but you got to be careful with uh with your equipment for sure especially your running shoes yeah yeah you know you buy a three thousand dollar bike no one bats an eye but 190 ninety dollar pair of shoes and everyone loses like, their oh mind my god <laughs> <laughs> and also too if you bought a 190 ninety dollar like pair of cycling shoes everyone would be like oh that's cool good entry level pair yeah <laughs> nice shoes well Let's move on to our next topic, which is not running based, but it's kind of running related and it's kind of cycling related. It's kind of both related. It's kind of it's life related. It's life related. Yeah. It's HRV, which HRV stands for uh, heart rate variability. Nice. A lot of buzz. It's a big buzzword right now. HRV, HRV, HRV. Um, I kind of heard a lot about it, but I don't really necessarily know a ton about it. I kind of know what it is. But you did a little bit of research today yeah, about it. Yeah, so uh, today I texted Rick, let's talk about HRV, yeah. but l- save everything for um, the podcast. And we did. And we've been talking about it a little bit in our group chat with a few of our buddies. HRV's gotten really popular lately because there is a, a wrist-worn strap called Whoop, Whoop, which measures your HRV and a lot of other factors, and you wear it all day as you sleep. 24 7 and it's kind of like the most accurate way to tell if you are fully recovered and that's recovery in general too not well it's not just recovery it measures um your recovery uh your stress levels your energy levels which i guess would kind of be like your recovery um it also measures your like immune system yep a little bit it's it it it, gets it off of like just your heart rate blood pressure you know heart rate variability at the most simplest Uh, level it's it's telling you if your body is feeling good or if you're kind of in the hole yeah so uh this morning was the first morning where i really felt kind of cruddy oh okay um like so i i think i might be kind of teetering on getting sick or not right you're kind of in that like feeling run down but yeah not quite sick but yeah um, on the way to it right yeah and i've been doing this for about five days now and i when i measured i got like i think it was like seven percent energy level oh and okay. so so is that bad that's very bad oh okay you so want to be means, closer to 100 yeah. And in heart, so when you measure heart rate variability, no oh, doctor. I should, yeah, I should explain. Yeah. I should explain like, first. What, what actually is the variability? Part okay, of so it? I should explain first. I'm using a, a free app called Welltory, W E L L T O R Y. It has a free version. Otherwise, you can pay like, it's like $12 a month for the paid version. This is not a podcast sponsor, by the way. Where it gets closer to doing what Whoop does. Okay. Uh, so, what you want to know before anything is all whoop is is just a heart rate monitor it's it's all it is you wear 24 7 yeah it's just a heart rate monitor that you wear 24 7 um similar to like what an apple watch or like a garmin watch would would have it is a or soft, a, it is a software though so you actually yeah, have yeah. to answer so, questions about the software well, right? yeah, yeah yeah so but technically yeah. yeah yeah so and then um it's also similar to like a heart rate strap you would wear on your chest okay um 
so yeah, it asks you questions um, based around like how do you feel, what's your age, weight, blah blah blah, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What's going on in your in your life? Uh, well, Tori actually does that as well. Mm-hmm. When you when you take your test every day, it asks you uh, how do you feel, how much did you sleep, uh, how do you like uh, what's your mood or something, and then it asks you like yeah. what activity did are you doing right now, mm-hmm. and it kind of takes that to estimate your. I shouldn't recovery say recovery levels. Yeah, your yeah. your levels. But Actually, it's, it's not recovery levels. They do just, productivity, energy, and mood. Oh, okay. And so the the once we get this is where we get to the the study. I was actually reading a study mm, okay. where they used Welltory, um, but they used and how Welltory does it and a few other apps do it is they use the the flash and the camera on your phone. Mm. The flash uh, brightens up your finger. Okay. And your camera measures the pulses through your finger because when your blood circulates through your fi- your your body, yeah, it makes like a glow. Oh, so, so you measures... don't have to wear a heart rate monitor. No, so it measures the glow. Okay, interesting. So the study that I read was using Welltory, and it used the camera and, and flash versus a polar heart rate strap. And the conclusion was was the difference was less than a one percent difference. All right. So using your camera and your flash on an iPhone, I should say it should that be an iPhone, on right? a Samsung, I think anything below an S eight. Okay. They said the camera wasn't no good bueno. en- wasn't good enough to get accurate readings. Okay. But pretty much anything, any uh, phones newer than that, or like an iPhone five, I believe. The cameras are the camera and flash is good enough to get an accurate reading within one percent of a heart rate monitor. Okay, interesting. So now you're using this app, right? You've been doing it for a few days now. Right? Five days. Five days. Five days. So so what has it told you so far? Like this is another aspect that I wanted right. to get to was it doesn't really tell me anything I don't already know. Well, like, that's, and that in and of itself though is probably good. Yeah. Right. It's like valid- today, it's I validating up. how you feel. Like today I woke up, I didn't feel great, mm-hmm. and I was like, I wonder how bad I don't feel. Right. And it was like, oh, I feel awful. What a surprise. You know? mm-hmm. And then also too, like last Saturday, I think I was at like 50 or 60%. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like, yeah, I guess I feel like right around there. I don't feel like I'm like 100%, I guess, but mm-hmm. I, right around there is where I feel. And I th- still felt pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it is pretty accurate. Uh, like energy level wise um i can't really say like productivity wise or mood wise i i'm still a little confused by that but like energy wise i've uh, it's pretty accurate yeah uh it also it doesn't do sleep but Mm. if you have a like a garmin watch or like an apple watch or even uh there's free sleep apps on your phone yeah you can use that it it won't you can the the paid version of well does take in sleep from other apps but if you don't pay for it it won't take data from other apps yeah huh so um i'm going to continue to use Welltory just to see how it goes and i i don't track sleep really because i kind of know i'm pretty consistent with sleep i did track it on my watch but my watch band is kind of starting to go so i don't really wear it anymore but i usually get about seven hours of sleep a night it's not too bad I what are your what so what are your thoughts on HRV yeah. uh, Loop versus other apps? Um, I think well, heart rate mon- or using like a, a Garmin watch or an Apple watch versus something else. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really it's super interesting. Um, like you said, I think oh, I think I'm sorry to interrupt. 
Uh, the one thing I will say is that I th- I do think Whoop, it's um if you take away like prices and stuff, I do think Whoop's interface is the best of them all. Yeah, it makes it very straightforward. Whereas with like Welltory, uh, I am a little confused by how they present the data. Yeah, Whoop is definitely the most technologically sophisticated. Partially because you wear the app, you, yeah. You wear the yeah. the monitor the entire twenty four seven seven days a week, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think those are all getting really interesting. I think people are constantly looking for a way to quantify recovery. Um, I think your brain plays a lot of tricks on you, and I think especially for endurance athletes, and which is kind of crazy because people that aren't even athletes are starting to wear these because it's starting to give them like some insights. You know, like oh, if I'm feeling in the tank today and my app says that I'm doing really bad, maybe I shouldn't try to go crank out like you know, 12 hours of work today, maybe I should just do like my normal eight hours at work and then come home and relax, right? So I think that's what like a lot of people are using it for outside of athletics. But I think for the the prototypical type A, and especially endurance athlete, who's always wanting to do more, I think it's a good way to kind of check your brain sometimes. Like everybody's had that day where they get up in the morning and they kind of feel like something's off, but they look at their training plan and it's like, well, I'm supposed to tear myself apart today. And I think it kind of gives you license to say, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. Whereas I've gone that route before and it's definitely put me in a bad place where I wake up. I know I'm not feeling awesome, but I convince myself anyways to go out and do like a super hard ride or uh, do a race that I probably shouldn't be doing. So in that regard, I think I think it's pretty cool. I think it tends to be like a very complicated technology for a very simple application, which is to basically tell you, should I rest or should I get at it, right? Yeah. So I'll probably start using, I mean, I feel like I'll probably start using some kind of app like that in the future. Like you mentioned, Whoop is awesome. It's probably out of my price range. It's $30 a month. It's a lot of money, even though it is pretty sweet. So for now, I, I'll probably I'll probably go the Welltory route since I got an iPhone. I think that's a good idea. <clears throat> or even if uh, we can find a different app that you could use just to kind of compare. Yeah, for sure. You know? Um, but just to finish the, the podcast out and to wrap this up, uh, who do you, what do you think, like, who do you think whoop is for? Who do you think Welltory is for? Who do you think it's like the in-between where it's like a, maybe a 10 or $15 paid app that uses like a, like a Garmin watch? Hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. Well, off the top of my head, I think whoop is for anybody that can afford it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's for somebody who's, I think it's whoop is definitely for somebody that's more interested in peak performance and especially i would say there's two types of people that whoop really appeals to it is the super athlete like the athlete that is you know training super hard all the time whether it be professional or amateur and they really need that like data point of how my body's actually doing and then i also think whoop is appeals to maybe the high performing business person or or ceo or somebody in like a really really high stressful field so they get a better idea of like how their body's doing you know like checking in with themselves and kind of like like i said it's like a green light to take it easy um and on the other end wellatory i think wellatory is for anybody that's kind of interested in hrv maybe doesn't really understand it that well but kind of wants to dip their feet into it and just kind of see what it's all about right yeah and then what about the like the middle ground $10 $10 a month, maybe you have a Garmin watch, maybe an Apple watch. Yeah, I think the middle ground, I I think the middle ground is typically for somebody who 
Because that's kind of tough. It's, I feel like a, yeah, most people are right. going to be in the, the bottom spectrum of, I, I want to play around with it, or I want to try it out, but I'm not serious. Like, mm-hmm. And then there's other people who are like, I need the data, I want the data, I'll pay for the data. Yeah, I think the middle ground is for somebody that already has the device that they bought for a different purpose for example like maybe i already have an apple watch and it's like oh i guess i'll try this thing out i think people just kind of fall into the middle accidentally almost if that makes yeah. sense yeah that makes sense yeah yeah i like that yeah i probably agree with you pretty much 100 percent. all right thanks Ryan. i like that that was a good wrap up good wrap up well i think with that we'll probably wrap up the entire podcast as well uh, all right. We should tell the good folks how they can follow us, right, Ryan? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Bike Race Weekly, on all that. You can find us on all the major podcasts, um, listening areas like uh, Spotify, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. iTunes. Yeah, Stitcher. iTunes. Yeah, Stitcher. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, biggest ones. Yep. Anywhere you normally listen to your podcast, we're probably on it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, with that, uh, that's a wrap. We'll talk to everybody next week.